Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. And you're listening to the Grok Science Show. That's right. It's a weekly look at the world of science, technology, and their effects on our daily lives. Coming up on today's program, Judy Foreman will join us to discuss exercise is medicine. So stay tuned for all of this. Plus the Grokatron 5000. And our world-famous question of the week. Coming right up. Here. On the Grok's Science Show. Rock's Science Show. Well, aging, it's oftentimes unavoidable, but is our health decline unavoidable? And can exercise help? Well, joining us to discuss this issue is Ms. Judy Foreman. Ms. Foreman is a nationally syndicated health columnist who has won more than 50 journalism awards. She's received a master's degree from the Harvard Graduate School of Education and is previously the author of A Nation in Pain, Healing Our Biggest Health Problems, and The Global Pain Crisis, What Everyone Needs to Know. Her new release is entitled Exercise is Medicine. How Physical Activity Boosts Health and Slows Aging, uh, which explores this topic for a general audience. Ms. Foreman, thank you so much for joining us today on the Grok Science Show. Well, thank you very much for having me. It is certainly our pleasure, certainly a fascinating book, certainly one I think everyone is going to be interested in, how exercise can help us slow the decline of aging. How did you become interested in this topic and decide to write the book? Well, I've been an exerciser all my life, and I've also been a science writer and and health writer at the Boston Globe. Basically, the two things came together for this book. We all know that exercise is good for us, but I was curious at a really deep biological level exactly why it does so many good things. So that's what started me on the path of this book, and it was really eye-opening, even for someone who already was convinced that exercise was good. I just didn't know how good or why. And now I, in my reporting, I found out, and it really is truly astounding. The book really makes the link of how it can slow biological aging in, in many ways. Why do we age, and how is exercise able to help prevent that? Well, that's the gist of the whole thing. There was a, an important study in 2013 by German researchers, and they isolated nine basic things, processes that happen inside our cells with aging. They're called the nine hallmarks of aging. And I won't say the names because they're kind of jargony, but all of these are made better by exercises. They literally slow down the molecular process of aging. The, the bad news is all of these processes get worse with eating too much and sitting too much. So exercise is the remedy and a sedentary, gluttonous lifestyle is a really bad thing. Over and above diet, exercise has that much importance? Obesity is a huge problem in this country, and that is very closely tied to the diabetes epidemic. Exercise is a major way to combat both of those things. So it's, it's hard. People always say, which is better or which is you know, more important, exercise or diet? Obviously, they both are. In terms of losing weight, you can't really do it by exercise alone. In theory, you could because it's basically calories in, calories out, but the math doesn't work. If, if you're like, say, a 160-pound man and you walk for an hour and you get three miles done, that only still burns like 255 calories, and that's the amount of calories in one muffin or one big cookie or even one medium-sized cookie. So the math doesn't work. So you do have to diet 
to lose weight, basically. But exercise is the key to maintaining health. It is the thing that retards all these nine major processes of aging. And literally, it does send the health span, the number of years of a lifetime that you spend healthy rather than in declining health. And it also extends the number of years you live, the, the longevity. It's a very powerful thing. There's so many studies supporting this. And if people get my book, you can look in the back and see all the citations. But basically, physical activity, if you really maintain it, gives you like one third lower likelihood of cardiovascular problems and a third less risk of death, they call it all-cause mortality for everything. So it's really a very, very powerful thing. And we're actually evolutionarily built to exercise, not built to sit around. Are there types of exercises that are better than others? If you just exercise your legs, do you get the systemic benefits, or is it kind of whole-body exercise? Well, that's a very interesting question. There have been several studies, including one I'll mention, that really show how important exercise is kind of muscle by muscle. Swedish researchers asked, sort of middle-aged guys, to exercise in the gym. They took a muscle biopsy, a little sample of muscle tissue from each of their legs, had them exercise in the gym three or four times a week on these you know, stationary bikes, and then keep that up for three or four months and then did muscle biopsies again. But here's the trick. They asked the men to only use one leg on the exercise bike. The other leg was just kind of sitting there with their foot on the floor. And what happened when the, in the second round of muscle biopsies, only the leg that got exercise showed favorable changes in what they call the epigenetic clock. In, in essence, the exercised leg was younger than the unexercised leg. And it was very powerful. They used the technique to study what they call DNA methylation. And we don't have to get into that now, but it's, it's very real, hardcore science. And the exercise leg was younger than the non-exercise leg. Pretty powerful. Basically, you get your whole body moving, huh? <laughs> right, exactly. You don't really want to end up that way. Why is it that uh, exercise has this major factor in terms of maintaining our health? Yes. I talked to a number of evolutionary biologists in the course of studying aging and exercise. And, you know, we still have the genes in all of our cells that our ancestors who first began to hunt animals and, and walk upright have. And those genes are really kind of programmed to work together. We had to hunt for our food. We had to garden, if you will, you know, hunting and gathering. We are built, we are genetically set up to move around. We are not set up to sit around endlessly and watching TV or being at the computer or, or sitting at a desk all day. You know, our whole biological metabolic makeup is, is set to take advantage of moving. So we are really meant to move. We're not meant to sit around. And it's, it's in our genes. You know, much has been made, of course, about exercise and its important role on cardiovascular health. I mean, is, is that the major factor of exercise, proving our heart health? Yeah, I mean, I, th I think you've got it right. I mean, I do have a couple of two chapters in the book on the brain, and people are often very worried about Alzheimer's, and exercise is a terrific way to lower your risk of Alzheimer's and to slow progression of the disease if you already have it. But you're completely right that exercise, the biggest effect it has in terms of keeping us healthy and extending our life is because of its 
many, many, many benefits on the heart and the whole cardiovascular system. I mean, it does wonderful things for blood pressure, for the elasticity of your blood vessels. It helps your heart pump out more with every, with every beat. There's down the line, there's, there's like a dozen things it does for the whole cardiovascular system, all in the positive direction. Uh, I was going to get right to the brain there next. <laughs> okay, that, that's my favorite question. <laughs> and these two chapters were my favorite chapters in the book. So I have two chapters on exercise in the brain. One deals with cognition, that's thinking and intellectual processing and memory and all that stuff. The other deals with mood, like depression or anxiety. But interestingly, the same chemical affects both things. The chemical, the, the shorthand nickname for the chemical is, is miracle grow, like the stuff you sprinkle onto flowers to make them grow better. But the technical name um, is BDNF, which stands for brain-derived neurotrophic factor. And that basically means, brain-derived means it's made in the brain, and neurotrophic means it goes toward nerves. And what it does is when you exercise, the brain pumps out this chemical, this miracle grow called BDNF, and it goes to a part of the brain called the hippocampus, which is a memory center in the brain. And it literally causes nerve cells to grow in the hippocampus. Your hippocampus gets bigger with exercise. It's, it's an astounding thing. And there's a lot of data showing that people who exercise and who have exercised their whole lives have a much lower risk of getting Alzheimer's. In fact, some of the data shows that if everyone who is currently inactive suddenly became active, we could eliminate one in every seven cases of Alzheimer's. That's a huge effect which means that exercise is the number one modifiable risk factor for Alzheimer's, the number one thing you could do to help protect yourself against Alzheimer's. In terms of mood, it's this same chemical, this the so-called miracle grow, this BDNF, that goes up dramatically with exercise, and that also acts elsewhere in the brain, and it acts in tandem with a chemical that people probably have heard of, called serotonin, and the two together help regulate mood. So exercise through, through the same system, this miracle grow, helps prevent depression, and it can also help treat depression once you've got it. And that data is very strong. Uh, someone looking at this might that wish for the, the miracle pill. Can you just take BDNF and get the same effects? Uh, <laughs> very good question. Um, in animals, they have given injections of BDNF right into the hippocampus, and they do they do exhibit just the, the benefits of exercise that we just talked about. As far as a BDNF pill for humans, I'm not sure where that stands. I'm sure it's the topic of heated research. Uh, in fact, I have a whole chapter in the book on pills that can mimic exercise and pills that supposedly slow down aging. There is some definite, clear scientific uh, research that supports some of these pills, not all of them. But the bottom line is, at least so far, that actually doing the exercise is better than taking a pill because a pill only attacks like one of the molecular things or one or two say that of exercise whereas exercise gets the whole the whole gamut of molecular changes all at once so it's more efficient and safer what about the other effects of exercise the immune system and fighting disease yeah exercise has one of the main things that exercise does 
in terms of the immune system is it dampens down chronic inflammation. We, we often think of inflammation like, you know, if you cut your finger, it gets all red and swollen, and that, that is inflammation, and that goes away, and it's essential to the healing process. But inflammation that continues at a low level for days and weeks and months, that's, that's called chronic inflammation, and that's actually really bad for us. That's one of the things that happens when we sit too much. And inflammation is bad because it underlies a lot of the processes that lead to diabetes and heart disease and neurodegenerative things. So exercise by working through the immune system helps dampen down this chronic inflammation. So it's a chain of events that has a powerful effect on the immune system. Exercise also has a very good effect on energy, I mean, literally on energy, because one of the things that exercise does is it mass produces these little organelles, these little things inside cells called mitochondria. And the mitochondria are, are the energy factories in inside cells. They basically take the chemicals from food with oxygen from the air, put them together through a complex chain of events and make a chemical called ATP, which is adenosine triphosphate, which is literally, it is the energy molecule. And what exercise does, and this also has been shown over and over, it ramps up production of mitochondria. So it literally gives you more energy. It's, it's a, a logic, it's a linear thing. It's, it's just amazing. And that's one of the most powerful things exercise can do for you. How much exercise do adults need? I mean, how often should we be exercising? Uh, what types of exercise? Or what are the recommendations? The recommendations are pretty straightforward, and they are recommendations from the government with a lot of input from exercise physiologists and other scientists. The minimum that we should get, all of us, is 150 minutes a week. That translates to 30 minutes a day for five days a week. And you don't have to do all 30 minutes at once. You can spread it out over the day. Probably better if you can do it at once, but it, it's not bad if you, if you break it up into walking to work, walking home from work, stuff like that. It's better if you can do it every day, but five days a week at that level is enough statistically to give you the benefits. And that level involves moderate intensity exercise, not all out killing yourself exercise. Moderate means you can do the exercise like walking or jogging and talk, although you can't swim. So you're slightly out of breath, but not so out of breath you can't talk. It's also recommended to do a couple of times a week at least of strength training. And for most of us, that means lifting weights or going to the gym or you can lift milk bottles. You can lift heavy boxes at home, whatever, whatever you've got around if you don't have a gym. That is important, too, for maintaining your muscle mass, which muscle mass tends to go down as we get older. How consistent should we be with our exercise? Uh, very consistent, unfortunately, or fortunately, if you like exercise, we lose cardiovascular fitness depressingly fast. It only takes two or three, four weeks before we lose 25% of the fitness we have gained. And it shows significant declines in only two weeks of not exercising. So you really, um, you, you, you just can't count, count on exercise you did last week or the week before or the month before or the year before. You have to keep doing it. Um, on the plus side, it can be enjoyable. <laughs> it isn't necessarily drudgery, although some people look at it that way. And, and one thing you can do if you hate it is find a friend to do it with. You know, go set a time every morning or evening or whatever to go for a walk with a friend. If you make it social and if you can make it fun, you're much more apt to keep doing it. 
I'll do it in January. And, you know, I go to my health club and in January, the parking lot is crammed full. And by mid-February, it's empty again Um, or not empty, but much less full. Yeah, it's got to be the default position in your life. It's it's got to be non-negotiable. You got to do it every day, not oh, I'll try to do it. Because even if you aim for seven days a week, you'll probably only get five, just with the reality of life. So try to think of it as a permanent change, not a quick thing, but something you're really going to do and commit to every day. And try to make it enjoyable, because obviously then you'll do it, you'll be more likely to do it than if you hate it. Curious if you have some final words regarding your book, Exercise is Medicine. Well, it was fun to do because, as we said at the beginning, I mean, I've always exercised and I've been a science writer my whole life. And it was really fun to pull these these two things together. And I'm kind of on a mission to get people to exercise because two-thirds of Americans don't. And we are paying the price in an obesity epidemic, a diabetes epidemic. And it costs the money, the country a lot of money. So all you have to do is do it. We were just talking with Ms. Judy Foreman, authored the new book, Exercise is Medicine, How Physical Activity Boosts Health and Slows Aging. Ms. Foreman, thank you so much for your time and joining us on the Grok Science Show. Thank you. Great questions. And that's all for this week's edition of the Grok Science Show. Make sure you tune in next week for more from the world of science and technology. If you'd like to contact us here, you can email us at science at groks.net. For Grok Science, I'm Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. Make sure you also see us on the web at www.groks.net. Have a great afternoon and keep on grokking.